0: What's up, and welcome back to the On The Ball podcast. I think this is our second episode, um, and today I'm going to be talking about the NBA a little bit. This isn't going to be a, an extremely long podcast, um, this is going to be shorter than our first episode, but I do want to talk about the NBA because I think there's some interesting stories we can talk about, and I think the first thing I want to talk about is Kawhi Leonard, and um, like he has really reinvented himself offensively. Uh, he's done a really, really, really fantastic job of improving his uh, his ability to score, score, off the dribble, shoot from mid range, shoot from three, and his growth from his time with the San Antonio Spurs to now when he when he's um, as a Toronto Raptor has been fantastic, and I love watching him play. Um, he's got a killer mid range game, like his like his ability to take defenders off the dribble and shoot from mid range. It's fantastic to watch and he's really one of the best mid-range shooters in the game today I'd say Kevin Durant uh, Kawhi Leonard those are two of the better mid-range shooters we have uh, DeMar DeRozan is a great mid-range shooter as well uh, But Kawhi it's just it's really been special when he's been able to do um, as growing as an offensive player um, and He's really reminiscent of Kobe and Michael Jordan. I know a few weeks ago. I think it was Kendrick Perkins that compared uh, Kawhi Leonard to Michael Jordan and I, th- That comparison is interesting. Um Because his game is very similar to MJ's and Kobe's um, The Michael Jordan comparison. I can see a little bit. They're both uh, Really really good two-way players. Kawhi Leonard's is a lockdown defender. MJ was a lockdown defender. Kawhi Leonard's game The real difference between him and MJ and Kobe is Kawhi Leonard is stiff. Like, his game is a little bit stiff. It's not as smooth as MJ's game or Kobe's. But he's really, really good on offense. He's a good shooter. Um, He's great at taking guys off the dribble, attacking guys. He can even ISO now. He's great in isolation. And I just don't know. I don't think he's as good of a slasher as Michael Jordan. And I don't think that he is as good at countering defenses as Kobe was, or he's as good as shooting um, contesting jump shots like Kobe is. But I do see the comparison uh, between him and Michael Jordan. I just don't love it. I don't think it's a great comparison. Uh, But, I mean, he's really, I mean, his game is becoming similar to theirs. I just don't know if I really like uh, that comparison now. I'll see in the future, um, I'll let, I want to see if it grows on me, but I just don't really love it, and, now, let's move on from Kawhi Leonard and talk about one of his teammates, and that is Kyle Lowry, I am so excited to talk about Kyle Lowry, um, and, as you know, Kyle Lowry has a history of being less than good in the playoffs, he's less than spectacular, Uh, by the time the playoffs come around and This year is no different look at his per game averages 11.6 points per game Which is down from his a near 14 points per game and he's averaging 7.6 assists per game, which is down from his 8.7 assists per game now listen to this and this is really my favorite part of his stat line. His shooting percentages. Because they are just fantastic. Forty percent shooting from the field, which is below average. That's that's not great for an all star caliber player. Twenty six percent from three point shooting from three point range, which I don't I don't think I need to explain how horrendous that is. That is pathetic. That's terrible. I I, I cannot believe he's shooting that bad for three. And here this is just uh, like unexplicable. seventy-one percent free throw shooting. Kyle, how, I I don't understand how Kyle Lowry is shooting that bad from the three point line. Um, uh, he's only he's only averaging uh two point six attempts. That's still terrible, dude. Like, I I don't understand how that that's just awful. I gotta look at his regular season stats, cause this is just this is crazy. Um. Okay, I think I have it shooting. Uh. uh, Please, can I see uh, free throw shooting? Can I not? Okay. I guess I'm not gonna be able to see this. And I'm looking on Basketball Reference right now. Um. I love Basketball Reference, by the way. Basketball Reference is fantastic. It's terrific. They have so many stats, like so many advanced statistics. Uh, But anyway, I can't find his. Free-throw attempts for game in the regular season, but that is awful. I mean he's shooting the ball like horrendously He's not aggressive on offense. He's too passive He needs to be more assertive on Offense and really pre- put some pressure on the defense because Kawhi Leonard is really the only guy that has shown up in the playoffs. Uh, I think Pascal Siakam has been Terrific, but now the the 76 are really putting a lot of pressure on Siakam to carry a heavy load on offense, and they're kind of forcing the Ra- forcing Siakam to beat them, and I just don't know if Siakam can do that. I really like what I've seen from Siakam. I just don't know if he can carry the Raptors um, and really have that much on his plate. I don't know if he can do that. I think he's a little too young for that, and I, I think it's going to be too much for them to add, for the Raptors to ask of him. But Kyle, like, they can, the Raptors should be winning, they should win this series. This is not a great matchup for the 76ers, but Kyle Lowry sucks. He's so bad, like, he's just terrible in the playoffs. And he is, I mean, this year, it's, it's no different. He's awful. He's, I mean, this is terrible. Now, let's move on to Kevin Durant. And I'm really excited to talk about Kevin Durant because he's one of my favorite players to watch. And recently, um, it's been, this topic has come up about, there's, I know Skip Bayless asked this question undisputed, is he passing LeBron as the second greatest player of all time? I say no, but it's an intriguing question. Uh, Um, is there any way that he could pass LeBron as the second greatest player of all time? I say yes. Um, I think there is a way. Is it likely no I don't think I think the chances of it happening are slim to none um, I think the chance would be like under 2% uh, I think Durant would have to finish with five to eight championships which means he will have to play five more years and he would have to play at a high level for those five years he cannot have any major injuries in those five years so I mean it, like the chances of this happening are Really 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 low um, But I think it could happen um, And one of the main reasons I think it could happen is I think in the future people are going to excuse or They're gonna kind of forget that Durant went to the Warriors Joined the 70, 73 and 19 that beat him in the playoffs um, Who overcame the three the one deficit to him and the Oklahoma City Thunder I think people are going to Forgiven for that like they have forgiven LeBron for joining the Miami heat and I think that's not gonna I think it's really gonna kind of not be as big of a deal in the future um, Now obviously some people are gonna hold it against him and I realize that but some people are gonna forget about it And it's not gonna be as big of a deal down the road as it is now uh, But I mean, I think it, it's gonna be really difficult for Durant to pass LeBron I think his resume has to improve uh, drastically, I think it's gonna have to be a lot better, um, but yeah, I don't see it happening, but I think it could. Now, I want to talk about how he has improved as a player because I mean, he's one of the best all around players we have in the game today. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he can defend, he's a good passer, he's good off the ball, he can score in isolation. Like, if you need a bucket, you can trust him. Uh, he's a great, def- I mean. He's a good rebounder, a good shot blocker. I mean, he can do so many things well now. Um, and I think his, him joining the Warriors has been a success for him so far. Because he joined the Warriors to improve as a player. Um, just grow his, um, and like, really develop his game. And also to win titles and to have fun. He loved their system and so he joined that and I never had an issue with Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. I saw I had no issue with it. And the reason I had no issue is because I felt like Durant had done all he could with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um he had to play along alongside Russell Westbrook, which is really, 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 really difficult to do, um, because Russell Westbrook can be a little crazy sometimes with his shot selection and his decision making. And so I think at times it can be really difficult to play with him. Um, and Durant had given it all given all he could to the the Thunder and those fans. And he wanted, it just seemed like he was just not having fun playing basketball in Oklahoma City. So he wanted to grow as a player and have fun. And he, he's done that with Golden State. And his growth as a player since coming and Joining the Golden State Warriors has been fantastic because I mean he's I mean he's a great all-around player now Like I said, he can do so many things and he's. has I, I think he's the best player in the NBA right now obviously, I think you can make an argument for uh, Giannis, but I would say that Durant is the best player in the NBA. I think he has officially taken that spot um, away from LeBron and, I mean, he's really, I mean, he's pr- hes one of the best playoff performances we have in the NBA. Um, he turns it up in the playoffs. He is fantastic when the playoffs come around. I mean, and he is carrying the Warriors so far. If the Warriors didn't have Durant, they they would be in trouble. They wouldn't be up 2-0 against the Houston Rockets. They would not be in as great shape. I think... And I don't know, because obviously they would have a better bench, they would have a better team, a better roster, but Durant has really been a huge reason for the Warriors' success because he's carried them offensively. Now, I think off- their system right now is kind of... Is, it, like, Steph Curry is not really fitting in uh, for some reason into their offense, he's kind of... He's playing second fiddle to Kevin Durant, and I don't... I feel like... The offense is kind of going away from Curry, and they're not utilizing him as much as they should, and I think that's on, on Steve Kerr, but Durant has taken that role and run with it. I mean, he's he's been fantastic um, in the playoffs so far, in the two series they have played, and really, I think if he has some more success in the playoffs and wins some more championships, I think he will end up being a top ten player of all time, and that there will be an argument for him being a, a top five player of all time when it's all said and done. I really believe that, and I mean, it's just, it's. I have, so, I mean, I have loved watching Durant play for the past few seasons in Golden State, just because he has grown so much and become just a great all around player, and he's been fantastic, and I love watching him play. Um, and kudos to him for really taking and going from being the man taking 20 and 30 shots per game um, in Oklahoma City and really being the main guy on offense and being counted on the score 30-plus points per game, scoring like 27 to 35 points per game and having to be the guy on offense and going from that to going to Golden State where he's got to fit in with all these players who are such great, who need the ball in their hands, and they are great offensive players, and being able to fit in with that, and still being the same player who was in Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma City I think that's really impressive, and I don't know how many players could actually do that. I don't think there's that many players that could do that, could uh, play in both roles, but he's really, really welcomed that role, and he has shined in it, and I think it's fantastic. Now, let's move on to officiating because this entire playoffs have been overshadowed by officiating players are complaining about officials and how they suck and it and i'm just like it's really annoying and i don't understand it uh, but before we get into this topic i'm going to get a drink i'm going to take a little bit of a break before i get into this topic and then we will get back and finish the podcast i am back now let's let's talk about the officiating so this really became a huge issue in game one of the Rockets Warriors series when the Rockets players uh, were, there was a huge issue where um, on the Rockets players jump shots uh, they would land but the Warriors defenders would, like the defender would hop, like would jump into the defender and jump in their landing space and wouldn't give the defender or the, uh, the shooter space to land. And so, technically, that's a foul on the defender. But in this case, it's really interesting because it looks like the Rockets players, like James Harden and CP3, were, like, swinging their legs. So, there was a jump shot where CP3 stuck at his hip. Uh, and there was a, a, now, like, in the end of the game, in the game one, there's a shot where James Harden starts out shooting from around a foot behind the three-point line. He jumps for his jump shot, swings his legs, his like he, he lands like a, like two feet inside the three-point line, hit, and starts falling before he even gets touched by Draymond, and he kicks Draymond in the legs, and he's calling for a foul even though he flopped, and yeah, there should have been a foul call. That was a foul on James Harden. That's an offensive foul. That's not a defensive foul. You can't swing your legs like that. That that's not allowed. That's against the rules, dude. Like, and then like there was just some there were some fouls where it looked like they should have been called on Clay Thompson. There were a couple of closeouts, but when James Harden's swinging his legs and like he's his landing space is so far from where he originally shot. That's that's not normal. And so I think I really I'm glad the officials are kind of, like, sitting back and not being so aggressive and being so whistle, like, trigger-happy with the whistles. Um, But, I mean, like, the, it's the Rockets' fault. Like, the Rockets have been manipulating the officials all season. Um, that's Um, uh, That's been a huge part of James Harden's game this season. A huge reason for his success is because he's been able to draw fouls um, and put officials in tough positions where they, they have to call fouls in the regular season. And that totally changes in the playoffs. And now that the playoffs have come, and the playoffs are here, and James Harden can't get those same calls, and it's really, really affecting him offensively. And now he can't have as much of an impact scoring-wise because he's not getting these fouls, he's not able to shoot uh, as many free throws as he would like, and he's risking his shooting percentage and his efficiency to try to get calls and manipulate the officials, and it's not working. Um, And then in Game 2, the officials were fantastic. They were great in Game 2. I thought they did a really good job. Um, And it seemed early on in Game 2 that, like, the Rockets weren't even trying to make shots. Like, Chris Paul and James Harden weren't even trying to make their shots. They were just trying to get fouls. They were flopping a little bit. They, they were messy on offense, turning the ball over, bad, like, cl- careless passes. And it was sad to watch because I really felt like this situation with the officials got into their head. Um, they weren't as focused in game two. And there's a reason they're down 2-0 to, to now to the Warriors. And they really, really have to let this, this situation affect them and affect their game. I think tonight they they have to win. Tonight they have to win Game Three to have a chance to beat the Golden State Warriors. If they go down three to nothing, game over. Like the series is over. And I don't think that if they lose tonight, they have no chance of winning this, the series. Um, and I think they just got to go back to what's been working for them all season, having James Harden, um, run isolation sets. Uh, for uh, like a lot a lot more than he is now uh, Use him in pick and rolls UCB three and pick and rolls with Clint Capella and try to try to get Clint Capella involved on the offense because he's been really really Underwhelming and I mean he's, he's just been not that great um, and, and Draymond Green has done a fantastic job of shutting him down uh, Offensively and it's been impressive what the Warriors have been able to do defensively, and Capella was one guy that was like, "I want Golden State." Well, here you have, here you have, like here they are, and you're just like you're waiting to bed. You you've been terrible. You haven't been good. I um, mean, I think they just gotta like go back to their 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 formula that works and what Harden ISO, let CP3 ISO, use you pick and rolls more. Um, but, like, if Capella's going to be a non-factor, they can't really play a whole lot of guys. Like, they're going to have to, like, say a prayer, Hail Mary, play Gerald Green off the bench. And they're putting a lot of faith in Daniel House, Austin Rivers. And when you're playing Golden State with the amount of firepower they have, like, that's that's tough. That's rough. Uh, but, yeah, I really think this situation with the officials has... Uh, is one of the main reasons they're down two to nothing, because it, they've let it affect them mentally, and they just they, their focus is not they're not focused. They're focused on the wrong things, and it's really hurt them um, in the playoffs. Another another series that is being affected by the officials is the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee um, Bucks series, and this became a story after Game Three last night. Um, in which the Bucks defeated the Celtics to take a two-one series lead. Um, Giannis scored twenty-two points, but I, he had uh, I believe around twenty-two free throw attempts. And Kyrie, after the game in his press conference, uh, was complaining about the officials, saying that it slows the game down and that it's ridiculous. And then Jason Tatum. He was, uh... I mean, he obviously had something to say about it, but he was like, I don't want to get fined. And, like... And they were complaining about the officiating, but that's not right, why they lost. They lost because they go- they gave up 40 points to the Bucks in the third quarter. And then, they gave, they allowed 20-plus points by three Bucks players. They gave up 32 to Giannis. They gave up... I don't know what how many Chris Middleton scored, but he had 20-plus points. And then they gave up 21 points to George Hill's corpse. Like, George Hill should not be scoring 20 points in a playoff game. You should not be allowing George Hill to score 21 points. Like, that is insane. But then you're going to go and blame the refs for your loss when you need to take a look in the mirror and see, like, what the... The main reason you lost is because you have been like, that's that's awful, allowing George Hill to score 21 points. That's crazy. And then, like, the fans on Twitter are like, man, the refs have been calling all these tic-tac fouls, and um, that's going to happen because these refs, these officials are human. Like, there's a human element to this game, and they're going to make some mistakes. They're not going to be perfect every time. Um, And so I, I understand that. But, like, sometimes you need to not just, like, stop blaming everything but your team. Your team makes mistakes. Like, your team's not going to be perfect. Sometimes they get outplayed. And I feel like fans just need to take a look in the mirror, or look at their team, and really stop blaming officials. Stop blaming all these other factors when, really, your team just got outplayed. And I feel like the Bucks just were tremendous. And I feel like they outplayed. They straight up just outplayed the Boston Celtics in game three. Because Giannis was, he was fantastic. He was dominant. Uh, like, there was one play where he took, like, two steps from the three-point line. Extended the ball in his right hand and dunked the ball. And it was a fantastic play. Uh, and then, But he was able to get a lot of foul calls because, like, it's hard defending Giannis. Like, I don't think fans understand how hard it is to defend Giannis. I mean, Giannis is a 6'11", basically a point guard. And, like, he's so athletic. Um, he's nearly unguardable. Because he's not a terrible shooter. And he's, like, become a better shooter. Like, he's not Ben Simmons. It's not like he's just unreliable from anywhere outside the paint. And he's strong athletic so like it, it's not just like like, say, like be, saying that you're gonna stop Giannis it, it's much easier said than done like like to be honest it's much easier said than done um but you know teams players fans just don't want to admit that they got outplayed uh but anyway that, that's all I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about the officiating I've talked about it uh, more than I want to, I'm done, it annoys me, and I'm not talking about it again, now I want to move on to something, a, I believe it's a WNBA player that said, um, that brought this up in a podcast, and this this women's professional basketball player was on a podcast, and she, she gave, she ranked the top 5 point guards in the NBA, and I absolutely hated her list, I thought her list was Not that good. I thought it was really, really bad. Um, I didn't love it. You may disagree with me, um, and I'm going to give you all my top five point guards in a minute. But, here are Jordan Canada's top five NBA point guards. Number one, Russell Westbrook. Number two, Damian Lillard. Number three, Kyrie Irving. Number four, James Harden. And number five, Steph Curry. First thing I want to talk about this list, the first issue I have. James Harden is, I don't consider him a point guard, um, if you do, I can see him being on this list, I don't, so that's, I'm, I do not consider James Harden a point guard. Uh, another issue I have, Russell Westbrook is not the best point guard in the NBA, like, he's not the best point guard, there's no way, he's not better than Lillard, or Kyrie, in my opinion, he's not better than Steph, like, Steph Curry is so underrated, like, people do not understand how good Steph Curry is, like, he, he is a fantastic player, and people just push him aside and act like he's not one of the best players we've ever seen, um, and I have a huge, a huge issue with Russell Westbrook being at number one on her list, especially with the, with the, the series he had against the Trailblazers in which he was really, really bad and underwhelming, and just not good, and like I, it, like that's just ridiculous to have him at number one, especially having him higher than Damian Lillard after Lillard, just annihilated him in the first round. So I don't understand that. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard at two, three. I'm fine with those. Um, I that I have those same. I have them flipped in my top five, but I think that's uh, it's really. Those those two players are really, really close. Um, Of course, I don't have James Harden as a shooting guard. And then Steph Curry at five is freaking laughable. This woman has no idea what she's talking about. Um, I... I, 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 This list makes me so upset. Because the the disrespect towards Steph Curry is insane. Now, I'm going to give you all my top five point guards. Number one, I have Steph Curry. And, like, no one is... I don't think anyone comes close to being better than Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is a great all-around point guard. He's a great shooter, has great range. So players have, so def- defenses have to put so much. They have to focus so heavily on Curry um, because he can pull up as soon as he crosses half court, and he's a good facilitator. Uh, he doesn't really, he doesn't get that many assists, but that's not like no, like what that doesn't determine if a player is a great passer like obviously if a player has a high number of assists, they're most likely a good passer but like Steph Curry is a good passer even with um, the low assist numbers and um, You can see it. There's some times where he makes some crazy passes Um, His court vision is really good. He's got a really high IQ He's great off the ball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's able to move around screens and get open And not just be like a, like a rock and just, like, just standing there like a statue in the corner when he doesn't have the ball. No, he moves around a lot. So, I have him as my number one point guard. Number two, I have Kyrie Irving. Um, I have him ahead of Damian Lillard. And I just, like, I was just, like, going back and forth between, do I want Damian Lillard number two, Kyrie Irving. I think there's an argument for both. Like, I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving is, like, Definitely better than Damian Lillard. I'm not saying that. I, I, I see an argument for both. I have to put one player ahead of the other though, and so I'm just gonna put Kyrie Irving there. Um. And then Damian Lillard. Kyrie Irving is such a special offensive player. His handle is nasty. The way he's able to create space with his handle, with his ball handling, is fantastic. He's a great shooter. He's a great scorer. He's one of the best finishers we've ever seen at the point guard position. So I love him. Um, I do question his leadership and because um, I think it, it kind of sucks. His, his leader, he doesn't have great leadership skills. And I think that's really because he's an introvert. Um, I think that's why he's not that great of a leader. Uh, but I love him. And then Damian Lillard, was, he was fantastic against OKC. I mean, he dominated the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he really he had a great comeback after getting swept by the Pelicans last season and getting owned by Drew Holiday. But yeah, Drew, Drew Holiday's son Damian Lillard did great this pl- in the first round. Um, I love his ability to shoot, score off the dribble. Um, his range is fantastic. like That game winner in game one in game five was just special. Something just really really tremendously special. And i have him as my number three point guard. Now, number, now here's where my list gets interesting. Number four, I have Ben Simmons. And I consider him a point guard. Ben Simmons can't shoot the ball. He can't shoot the ball. Uh, but he can do everything else really well. He's a great all-around player. He's a good defender, a good rebounder, good passer. He's got good court vision. Uh, the main issue with him is that he can't shoot the ball outside of the paint. And so, um, there's times... And he lacks the an idea of the concept of spacing. And so, there's times where he like just gravitates towards the paint. And he gets in the way of Joel Embiid. And he causes some issue for, issues for the 76ers offense. Because he just gets in everybody else's way. Um, and it's wild. But I do love him. I think he's a great point guard when he's aggressive. And when Brett Brown uses him properly, and and like can implement a system that utilizes his skills to the best of his abilities, I think he's really, really good, and he's one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, but his his inability to shoot the basketball is what really hurts him. And in this day and age, you have to be able to shoot the ball. Like, there's no there's no excuse for not being able to shoot the ball now. Um, that's the reason. He is at number four on my list. Number five, I have Russell Westbrook. One of the most athletic players of, uh, that we've ever seen. Um, he's a great finisher. Uh, he's really good. He's a good mid-range shooter. There's just times where he's, he's just so inefficient. And his inefficiency and his like the way he plays the game out of control, 120 miles per hour, it really hurts him. Um, but there's so many things he does well. Like, I think when he shoots the mid- when he shoots the ball from mid range, there's times where he he's confident. He's really confident in his shot. And there's times where he takes guys off the dribble and pulls up, and he's able to make that shot. But he doesn't make it efficiently enough for him to be higher on my list. Um, and I like him in pick and rolls. He's a good passer. Has great court vision. He's a good rebounder. Um, he's just not as good as he used to be, he's a shell of himself, Um, he's not as good of a finisher, he's a good finisher, but not as good as he used to be, Um, and that's because his athleticism is going away with age, and he's just, in the playoffs, he hasn't been that great in the last couple seasons, that's the reason he's only won one playoff series since KD left, and it's really sad that he's just struggling so much. But, I have him at number 5, I still believe he's a top 5 point guard in this league. Now, I want to talk about the MVP race, because it's really interesting, and I think we have a definitive, a like a definite MVP this season, and it's Giannis. If I had to vote, if I were giving an, an official ballot, I would have Giannis 1, James Harden 2. And, here's the reason. Giannis has been fantastic the entire season. Um, he's been great on offense and defense. He led the Bucks to sixty-plus wins. I don't know how many wins they actually had. Um, I know they, I've, I know they won over um, sixty games, but let's see. Oh, uh, I gotta look up their regular season win total. This will take a second, but uh, they won sixty plus games, which is fantastic. That's the most they've won. And I don't know, like I mean, I, they were. Let me look. I can't. Okay, I can't find the regular season win total, but they won sixty plus. Um, and Giannis was great on both sides of the basketball. He he kept the. Bucks at the top of the East for a majority of the season. He was great against Western Conference teams. The Bucks had a great record uh, against like some of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, I mean, they beat the Warriors a few times in the regular season, and he was fantastic. Um, and then he didn't let his team get into the hole that James Harden did. Like that's one argument people make that like Harden uh, dug. And, like, really, really carried the Rockets and propelled them, uh, made them a top three seed when they were, like, in the bottom of the West. And I'm like, like, yeah, but so we're going to, we're going to diminish, we're going to tear down Giannis and just, and just, like, kind of discredit him because James Harden let his team uh, fall to the bottom of the conference. No, I'm not giving him credit for that. But, I do love what James Harden was able to do this season. He put up monster numbers on offense. He was great. He was a tremendous scorer. Um, he had many 50-point games. And, he was special. And, he, he, he did carry the Rockets when they were in this low spot. Um, and, I don't know why. I don't know if they were playing bad because they had they were having a little bit of a hangover from Game 7 the of the Western Conference Finals last year. Or what but they weren't great and Harden really stepped it up when they had some injuries and He really carried them to the number three seed at one point, but uh, I'm gonna give it the honest. I think he did more. He was a better. He was better Defensively his advanced advanced metrics say that he was a better player uh, He won 60 games. He kept his team afloat the entire season. He was dominant and I really I think James Harden for me to Jim James Harden, the edge, I think he really needed to win uh, against Oklahoma City late in this in uh, the second half of the season, uh, and, re- and I think him not winning that game, and the Rockets falling to the fourth seed was huge, and I got Giannis winning the MVP. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast, I know it's shorter, but uh, I just needed to talk about the NBA in this podcast, I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Um, but this is a shorter episode. Our first episode was an hour long. This is our second episode, and I hope y'all enjoy. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. I'm really enjoying doing this. And uh, either next week or sometime after that, sometime soon, we are going to be doing a um, episode where we give our predictions for the NFL MVP for next season. Um, give our predictions for offensive and defensive player of the years. Offensive and defensive rookie of the year, and we're gonna do some predictions for the NFL season um, Coming up soon. I don't know when that'll be but that will be soon. But Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this and I will see y'all next time peace